Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. So we keep talking about risk. Where would you guys start in educating your peers, yourselves on risk, how to rate it, well, identify it, rate it, and so on? I, that feels like a Brent question. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a massive question. Um, we always, um, you know, I look at from a risk perspective with every client um, or when we're partnering with MSPs or whether it be, um, you know, we're doing forensic cases and we're testifying. We have to be, get a background of similar to what Recording Future does and uh, what, let's get a 360 degree grasp of who, who are the players in this organization. Uh, most of the time we see uh, the C-suite individuals, their respectfully, their lack of, of understanding or technical um, astuteness creates a vast majority of the risk of the organization. Uh, what is the culture? of the company you know i mean seriously there that's a question that's, that we leave in the dust oftentimes i see other data security firms do that uh we've had the unique experience when we didn't plan on this being a revenue stream for us but it directly relates to this control protect has partnered with or actually been retained by risk analysis firms all across the country and I just want to throw out there and that um, the really, oh, he, I'm sorry, that? you you st- you stopped talking. I I thought you were done, it, but oh. it was your connection. I think. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Um, I just wanted to throw out there. I I tossed a book recommendation from uh, John in the chat. Uh, full disclosure: yes, it is an affiliate link. So, uh, but feel free <laughs> to check that out, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right so now that now that we got that out of the way um so so you were talking about where we should start brent when it comes to starting to educate ourselves and our peers but yeah i'm just thinking it's important that from a risk standpoint we, we have to look at um we start with cyber insurance to begin with i think that's uh, very important but then the end user security awareness training. I mean, obviously, we all know the stats, but from a, if we're talking about cyber risk, I mean, phishing attacks are over 90% of the attacks, data security breaches originate there. So that's an easy one um, if we say it real fast. But remediating that and preparing and putting the layers in place that are consistent and uh, uh, compliant with whatever framework and, and the new insurance paradigm that's uh, being pushed and enforced fed uh, to the to the end user with these questionnaires is email phishing is a big part of it. Um, so I think there are a few key areas of risk that from an MSP perspective, uh, we, there are a few buckets. If we check these boxes, if you will, then we're, we're in good shape. Uh, I would certainly recommend the culture you know, analyzing the culture of the end user uh, and their corporate you know, organization, um, 
what threats have they already incurred uh, or, or compromises have they had in the last 24 months. Um, and then looking into those threat intelligence areas um, to see what's out there. Uh, to me, that is, uh, that's the fundamental beginning for risk. Um, and that's why we use the, the, the insurance. I hate to go back to that, but it, it's a very good, um, uh, I guess you'd say, origination point uh, to start pursuing the summit, right? Um, and developing a cybersecurity program. So as you, if you develop cybersecurity program from the beginning with each client, it, by default, you're, you're covering that risk. I have a question here. Yeah. How do we change? How do we drive the culture where risk is what's driving security and not compliance? Unless I'm completely off base on thinking that's how it should you know, be. You're, I mean, you're not off base at all. No, you're not off base. Uh, and that's, that is, man, I, I struggle with this every day, every week, and my entire team, you know, what's just enough to get us compliant, right? Let's check the box. Actually, um, you, I can answer that question for you. And Eric, you're going to laugh because you know where I'm going with this. To check that box, you don't need to do anything other than say, I've identified the risk and I accept the risk. And that is your low barrier of entry for compliance. And we say that because we went through some MSP channel people. You know what? Whatever. I, I'm going to throw the shade. I don't care. MSP Overwatch. If you go talk to John over there, he'll tell you, you know, you have a certain level of controls to go through, but you could just accept the risk and move on. So she would literally ask them, was like, so I could just say, okay, I accept the risk of all these controls and I'm MSP Overwatch certified. And he, he kind of stumbled around. like, well, no, no, you can't really do it that way. But, you know, all these controls have the same way. All this is an acceptable risk. Really? Okay. What's the impact of that acceptable risk? And I think that's why self-attestation needs to die. It's a bullshit. It'll give you, I, so I don't think a, a company should stay in self-attestation. Like we're going through CMMC. You know, I've talked about that um, because we're going after that space. I don't mind doing a self-attestation because the amount of money I'm going to be freaking end up paying for this stupid thing. I'd rather take the time, go through the process and do what I got to do to make sure I'm there. I mean, granted, we don't have all the auditors that we need to get to freaking do that. So even when I'm ready, I'm still probably waiting a year just to be audited. Um, but the, nobody should stay in self-assertion by any means. I think self-assertion should get you your interview or your schedule date for an audit. Good point. I like that. All right. So we've we've touched on a lot of things, guys. Um, man. We've touched on a lot of things <laughs> and, and, and we barely shit on Kaseas. Well, <laughs> you know, only 40 minutes worth. Well, um, if I could say, actually one last thing, I, I think is it one about of the Kaseya? biggest areas to directly answer this is a, a true gap analysis. That's a, that's skipped so many times. I mean, so we just start saying, oh, well, you need Huntress and you need EDR and you need, so we start, I mean, we see MSP, they start chronic pushing, right? Boom, boom, let's check the box. Oh, oh, you're in, uh, you know, we see this, I'm not, I hate this all the time. Well, do you, have you run a compliance tool? So we can do rapid fire compliance. I mean, man, that is the most widely spread. It's unreal. 
those guys are making major money with that tool, right? But it's only two inches deep. Brian, so, so have a question. Two yeah. inches deep is 7,000 pages of, yeah. of FUD. But here's the problem with a, gap, a real gap analysis run by MSPs. It will highlight that's right. their inadequacy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So that's why it's never done why properly. Never do it. Yep. That's why they'll never do it. That's something we run into all the time is we sh- when we show up and start doing risk analysis, gap assessments, like the very first thing coming out of the client's mouth is like, well, why wasn't our MSP doing these things? Yeah. And it's the hardest thing in the world to sit there and say, well, technically it wasn't their job and that's not their fault and we aren't their enemy. And the, the process moves lives or dies on how the MSP responds to that. But there is we, one added piece of that, uh, Zach. Sometimes the client doesn't want to pay the MSP to do it. Yeah. Well, not sometimes. Most and of the we'll time. We'll call the client out for that too. It's just like, did they offer this to you? Well, yeah, but we can't afford it. And like, there you yeah. go. Identify and accept the risk. Yep. And nine times out of 10, that what they could not afford before when we get involved they all, they have a bottomless freaking pit of money all of a sudden. Like we can afford all this stuff, really. Well, it sounds like we've gone around the barn to basically say, as an MSP, we sh- an MSP should look in the mirror and ask themselves, who is hardening their security standards? Because they must clean their house up properly and be compliant. They do need to be uh, utilizing and pulling from multiple resources and aligning themselves. I like what you said, uh, about partnering. So it's, it's alignment and get prepared to pay that. So these guys have been racking up. I mean, I know some MSPs that do very well. They do very well. They run very lean, right. And they're very project focused, but they're really not compliant, right? They're not compliant. And that's what lets stuff like Kaseya take place. They're dependent on that one channel, that stack, that one plugin that's within their their stack and so they're they're heavy on it and you can't tell them anything they're hard-headed um but unfortunately uh before independence day we we had some uh a lot of them eating on the pie you know one thing i would say is that despite me not caring for casilla it could happen to any vendor not just rmm that's it right really happen to anyone that's right and, it, and it's going to happen to someone else this year just don't be the douchebag and just sit on your freaking exploits. That's all I'm asking. It, oh, but they all do it. Because is not alone there. A lot of these guys are, you know, they're weighing risk. Do we tell our partners to shut things down while we fix it? Or do we hope nothing happens? Uh, that, that's yeah, part, well, I think that's a part of all of this that really, really pisses me off. You know, if we had a trade association or self-governing body and we can decide whether or not vendors can do business with us, that's how you can hold our feet to the fire. I like that. I like, I love that, actually. But that makes too much sense. <laughs> so Andy has a good point in the chat. Partnering with a larger company to help assist with security, uh, typically those larger providers don't want to partner with the smaller ones. So that's why small providers tend to rely on their RMM. What do you guys no, think he, about that? Andy's absolutely right. For well, the vendor. They've got to 
they got to find somebody and make it part of the process. I mean, we have to, everybody's, everybody said it here. We need a fundamental change, blah, 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 whatever. But unless big, larger companies are willing to work with smaller or, you know, like a, we'll take myself, you know, an incident response and, you know, pen testing company is not willing to sit down with these other companies and help educate them about the crap that we see and how to better themselves. You know, you take people who do memory forensics and do just name your vertical or specialty of cybersecurity. If they're not willing to sit down and, you know, help educate and bring the tide up, all ships come up with a tide, whatever the analogy is, we're, we're fucked. Well, let's just be honest. So that's one way of looking at things. <laughs> Hi, my name is Eric. I'm mean. The other way is to just not look at things. Yeah, I'm not what coffee MSPs now. do in general anyway. Some of them. Isn't I, that what I, all these fancy managed socks are for? To make you have I, the illusion of protection? Yes. So so I, I will I will say this. You know, we we keep saying or I'll, I'll let me rephrase. You guys keep saying MSPs as if, you know, all MSPs are the same. Shiva, aren't you technically an MSP? Depends on the day. Okay. So with well, that said, I mean, aren't, aren't you also throwing yourself under that same bus? Listen, when you... I'm not perfect. There's some things I completely fuck up. Okay. But I think I do a lot better in certain things than I do bad on others. I hope. Okay. Well, I mean, just, just because you, you think you do like a super good job doesn't mean job. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that other people are doing or every other MSP is doing a terrible job. Okay. No, so but I, I think in the MSP community, there's a lot of group or hive thinking uh -huh. and they're still sure. doing that older type of MSP. And Not that I know what current MSP should be doing. I just know what I do, but no one's willing to push boundaries, make changes and understand the risk. And that's to me what it all boils down to. A lot of people think you can buy an RMM, you can buy an AV, whatever it is, halfway decent firewall, and any type of anti-phishing platform, and that's security to them. And now they get to add another S to their MSP and become an MSSP. Well, adding oh, another sorry, S. DNS filter, too. Didn't want to leave you guys out. Thanks, guy. Adding, adding, adding that extra S, I think, is where they do something foolish you know we we know a guy who added the s and we teased him relentlessly and he dropped the s um and you i, say I his think name i don't know who you're talking I'm, about i'm not going to do it but you recently added him to your slack um so <laughs> so so with that said i just want to say like there are some people who are doing things because what they think they're doing is okay. They don't know any better. And after, after, you know, uh, you guys were brutal and I had a private conversation and then we all kind of came together with what we were trying to explain to him. And we basically said, look, you, you can't throw 37 security products onto it your MSP. 40. It was 40. It was 40. 
I wow. So I don't remember <laughs> the actual. I thought it was like twenty, and I was just being ridiculous. Okay, you can't add seventy-five security products. And, uh, and then call yourself an MSSP because all you've done is, is added more noise. But one thing to understand with this person, and I'm not going to call him out because I do like the person. Um, good. I, I do too. And that's why I'm has, not saying name. He has understood what we were saying. He's reevaluated. Yes. And I think he's in a much stronger position than even most MSPs out there. Absolutely. Hey, because. Can yeah, I go ahead, Pete? Can I say something positive? For just oh, this, this is not the this is not the podcast for positive. I'm sorry. <laughs> it usually is. I swear. <laughs> no, I I think one thing you can do. It, I think education is 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 the key to most of this. And one way that you can spot someone who <clears throat> who is genuine and and does know what they well not knows what they're talking about at least is going in that direction is who tries to educate other people as well. And tries to contribute something back into that pool of knowledge that we're all, you know, taking advantage of. So just a one thing to look for. Speaking and of education, and I do have a hard on for risk, understanding risk, and maybe this is a Brent question. This this guy. <laughs> you want it unfiltered, you got unfiltered. Oh, we've been pretty filtered. That's true. I've been very reserved. But Brent, where I feel like I should make a joke here, but Oh, please, please make it. What is I've seen so many Pornhub jokes already. Oh, boy. I've, I've refrained. <laughs> Brent, where would you recommend, without putting you on the spot, but actually putting you on the spot, for people to go to begin to understand how to recognize risk? And here, let's let's put them extra on the spot. <laughs> to, to recognize risk. Where to go to recognize risk? Like, is there, are there... Is there some form of education or what should they read, you know, where? Um, wow. Yeah, that's a, it's an awesome question. Uh, I have gotten this question before and ordinarily what I tell them is, um, begin with a competent cyber attorney. And then they look at me and go, what, what I found is that if an MSP or a client, an end user. If I have somebody who, let's just say, I, I say they're in the cave, like they don't come out to see the light. Um, oftentimes, you know, they look at somebody like myself or one of my guys and ourselves guys, even our engineers, and probably all of us on this call, as we're just trying to sell something. Um, so let's put them with it. Let's, let's look at the legal side risk. Because at the end of the day, it's either we're going to pay it, right? We're, why are we even looking at it? Because fundamentally, at the end of the day, when all the chips are down, what's it going to cost us? What are we going to lose? Um, and attorneys ordinarily uh, can part the sea there and give them the go-ahead to, yeah, okay, you need to listen to these guys. You need to. Uh, so I, I say begin there. Uh, begin with your, uh, one of the easiest spots is to call your, your general liability. I mean, guys, let's just face it. A, a, a significant number in our audience and the people that we interact with, the end user don't even ha they don't have any cyber insurance. They they think that their general liability might pay for it. Okay, so that's a place to start. Call that person. Talk about risk. Um, and then there are just just risk assessments. There's tons of online do-it-yourself. You can download risk assessments and actually um, 
I just saw that I can actually, uh, I could send you something on that, but I just saw a really, really cool, a uh, risk landscape questionnaire that popped up, I guess it was two weeks ago, um, that hit most of those, uh, easy. I said those check boxes earlier. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's a great answer, but, um, that's pretty much how we do it. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a start, right? You got to start somewhere. Yep. Yep. And it never ends. No, it, it doesn't never end. It, you do need to contact, um, you know, if, if contact your network of people that you trust, but then I would challenge people to reach out to, uh, guys like we're on this call, um, who have seen the good, the bad and the ugly, um, you know, control all protects. We do a lot of risk analysis for companies that do pen tests all over the world. And, and uh, Hey, whether it be gap analysis, pen test, vulnerability assessments, I don't care what it is. True. Uh, security audits, they're not all created equal. Um, and so you, you do need to get more than one. I, I would say don't trust any one source. I mean, when you, if you, if you're diagnosed as terminally ill, uh, you know, if they're protecting your business from risk, it's no different than protecting your body from an antigen. So, uh, I think we'd like to get more than one opinion, right? So I would say do the same thing with risk. I got a loaded question for you. I figured you did. Do you use an RMM in your company? We do use an RMM. Uh, we're very selective. As a matter of fact, over three years ago, heads, I mean, my business partner, Hans Lemons, our CTO, he, he sat me down one day where we I think we were at lunch and he said, Brett, this, this RMM stuff scares me to death because we all know in this space that convenience equals risk, whether it's your, you know, Alexa device in your home or it's your RMM that your MSP uses. What I will tell you is that we are very, very selective with that process and we do vendor risk assessments. Um, that we scrub, we, you know, we ask them and, and look, it's not different than anything else. You know, there's this fault. Let's talk about VPNs. For example, there's this whole industry. Oh, I'm good. I've got a VPN. No, you don't, you don't own it. You don't control it. Where's that data housed? Going into the same way. So where we're different is that we are, we are nerds on steroids or when it comes to, um, redundancy. And how are you ensuring that their the backups cannot be corrupted and um and just layer upon layer uh and we treat you know RMMs the same way we treat every other layer. And I been, I recently did a, a presentation uh with a, a large number of people and I, I used the horse thief scenario. You know, if we if we decide we're gonna start stealing horses, uh we only have to do is cut three barbed wires. Uh, on the roadside and lo start loading horses, that's pretty easy. But if we have to cut eight fences to get to some livestock to, you know, someone's horses, we're probably not going to do that because that's too well, many cuts okay. at night and too many snags. And so whether it's, whether it's RMM or whatever layer it is, how, how well have we hardened, scrutinized and challenged that end user? So what I will say is I think that the, the companies respectfully and humbly that are um, in our, in our tier are very diligent to ensure that they just don't take the, the next greatest. I mean, Hey, we don't use Kaseya. We don't, we've never used Kaseya on any. 
Do we use other ones? Yeah. Uh, have we vetted them? Yeah. Does that mean that they're uh, immune? Heck no. You know I'm not going to say that. They might be immune today. That's right. That's right. But if we, we don't put our eggs in one basket. Do you guys, does anyone on this call have a preference who use an RMM for one that's instance-based or a platform? I will say that a platform-based one has better odds of having like DevSecOps happening. The plat the, the as a continuous platform, it's more modern design, more more modern frameworks in place. There's a, a reduced risk. It doesn't completely remove risk, but it's reduced. The instance-based ones, the reason they're instance-based is because they're based on code bases from the 90s. Well, the, the good news uh, that's come from all of this is people are starting to look at your websites, guys. And Brent, uh, Ray can't stop playing with the dots on your website. So, hey, hey I, I, that's what I do in my spare time. I'm telling you, that is, it, I understand, believe me. It's a, there's a new version of Solitaire. That's right. I love I, it. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I actually have started getting into solitaire at, at my old age, I'll call it. So I can, I can beat about 60% of the games I play in under three minutes. Oh, coffee's good. I got a question for more so John and Peter. Okay. What fun, new shiny objects do you guys have coming to market that we're all going to go crazy for? Oh, good question. This is awesome. I'll let uh, Peter first. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean. I mentioned the fingerprinting earlier, which from my point of view, I'm very excited about because it's really cool. It's, um, it's finding stuff. I, I don't know anyone else is doing anything like that. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, but to be honest, we have just got a bunch of investment and, um, we're really going to be just doing more of the same stuff. We're going to be working on product development and, um, we are still committed to the MSV markets. We just raised the tra don't trackers. Do don't do that. Gatsby. I hate channel only vendors. <laughs> I feel well, like you get it, such a myopic view of the world if you're only in the channel. It's, I mean, it's, it's not the only thing we've, we've focused on. Um, well, I suppose that's a bit of contradictory. Uh, that's, yeah, what you call it? I mean, it's not the only thing that we're looking at. Um, but from my point of view, we're looking at threat protection. That's what I look up. The, so. Um, the new ways that we're doing that are the most exciting for me. The, the team over at ConnectWise are, uh, creeping on us talking about Kaseya guys. I just, <laughs> thanks for me to Thanks for letting me, let me get that in there, by the way. That's, uh, that's a blind. <laughs> well, th they, they may not want to go watch this entire podcast and replay mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, there's a guy, Brian, he said, DNS filter, please bring SAS application audit and control features like yesterday. I will, I will pass on that feedback. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. All right. So you laugh John, like you've heard that request before. Maybe once or twice. <clears throat> well, I'm on the, on the, uh, threat protection side rather than the product developed. So it, I may have seen it before. <laughs> once or twice. Probably from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, John, can just, can you one, I know they, the, the question was, what do you have coming down the pike? You know, cool new features, technology, whatever. 
but could you actually explain to everyone watching what it is you do and why we should call you? Sure. Um, I'll give the easiest explanation I can think of. Uh, the world's data is flowing to the internet. And so it turns it into a giant sensor. We started out by taking a look at that information, parsing it towards uh, the idea of, hey, how about we aggregate IOCs and then put quality standards around it so that if you get, say, a IP or domain, you can get a risk score associated with it based on analytic factors that make sense, right? Like, I don't want to just see, I, I think somebody was talking about predictive versus like, you know, reality. Like a lot of people want to say, hey, if this IP address is doing risk behavior, it's actually associated with things. We have malware associated with it. If there's a domain that's directly like a C2 or something, I want to know about it. And I don't want to have to spend years trying to go through four or five different things. What's come out of that is we've actually done a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I'll, I'll like a quick note on proactive. One of the cool proactive things that we actually do is we have, um, and I'll talk about cool because it's not necessarily like everybody wants it. Um, we actually scanned the entire IPv4 space, identified, hey, we have a lot of idea of which IPs are risky and which are not. We age it out after a certain time. Let's take a look at the space and see whether or not it is like which IPs will become risky. So we created a machine learning model that will say, hey, this IP is going to become risky likely in the next 72 hours at a rate of 75% or higher. Um, so it's pretty accurate, but like that's not where people are going to be focusing their energy on. So what we ended up doing is we aggregate, pull in this data, parse it, and then provide out things through like intelligence carts or API feeds that are going to go directly to um, things like your sims, things like your ticketing systems for instant response, be able to help you understand, hey, what's my threat picture right now? Um, there's a lot of applications for that outside just your general uh, security or threat intelligence space. We do things like um, in our domain space, hey, can I find out things about like leak credentials or type of squatted domains and get that in ahead of time? Uh, so as we see the registration, but we also see the certificate registration and then we can look for whether it's parked or whether it's actually going to become malicious. Like, uh, do we see that, hey, they're doing, this seems to be type of squad, it seems to be targeted, they registered certificate, let's be honest, it's a let's encrypted certificate, and then we can start showing you that pathway. We do similar things with vulnerability by looking at dark web spaces. Are people talking about it on the dark web? Are they looking at, uh, you know, hey, who has an exploit or who has POC for this particular new vulnerability? We can look at the exploit development timeline, identify POCs on code repositories, and then even go towards like, is this actually being patched into malware, ransomware, et cetera. The cooler stuff that we're getting into is going to be in kind of furthering on those spaces. I talked a little bit about third party where we're looking at, hey, do you have proper configurations on things like um, uh, uh, SPF filter? Uh, the next part is really going to be taking that and saying, hey, where are the spaces that applies? There's two areas that I think are really cool. One is going to be identity. And when we think about it, we're like, hey, what information do you need to know to be actually secure? So we've created an API, which is, I think I could talk about it. We're launching it in a few, in like a month. Uh, but essentially what it does is it's saying, hey, um, is this credential? And then uh, that we've seen out there, is it a leak credential, newly leak credential? What do we know about it? Is it match things like, it'll automate some of those things like, hey, do I need to be caring about this? If it's, if the, the credential itself doesn't match our password complexity, we don't care about it. Or is it actively used in our directory? And then we have to be concerned about it. And what do we do with that? Um, the other thing is we've done a bit of reporting on this, which is we call it uh, network traffic analysis. So this MTA thing is like, it's this space between what happens between your external perimeter and adversaries control network. 
So we've gotten the telemetry that we're able to monitor through this space and then provide analytics that says, hey, is this appear to be some, like someone, a C2 is connected to your network or connected to your, your, um, your enterprise. And it's doing more than just beaconing. Like we actually see there's network exfiltration happening by looking at it, analyzing say, things like packet size and like data size. Um, what, what can we tell about that? Because we have really good signature analysis of C2 endpoints, being able to do active scanning and identify them. Now we're starting to link that back and say, hey, where are the networks that are being affected by this? How can we trigger on it? How can we alert? And uh, we've done some really cool reporting on that through, um, if you look at like Red Echo and Red Foxtrot, they're China-based reporting because it's, it's easier to talk about that. It's easier to focus on that. But we've had a lot of success in other areas as well. I think those are really cool areas because it takes threat intelligence outside of that just generalized feed thing that you're going to be like pulling in an IOC or pulling in like an IP domain threat feed and really says, hey, how do we take this and make it actionable? How do we drive change in your environment? So I think it's a uh, it's very fun time to be here. Brett, how about you? Um, what, what, what exactly does Control Alt Protect do and why should MSPs call you? Well, Control Alt Protect has become synonymous with cutting edge hacking detection and, and consulting. And we pride ourselves on, on our, our bed strength, um, and our lights and partnerships. Uh, I'm, you know, we do a lot with MSPs. Uh, we do come in and do a lot of, of gap analysis or depending on the security controls they have in place, we may do an actual IT security audit. But at the end of the day, we're not the company that is going to throw you uh, a fifteen to $30,000 invoice to do an audit. And while we're in the middle of doing an audit, you're being attacked and, you know, whatever. Uh, so we, we look at the layered security approaches. Um, we look at your culture. We do look at your risk uh, and just comprehensively build a cybersecurity program for you and help you become the cyber coach uh, to mitigate risk and and uh and protect your end users so um we we are partners we are not an it company uh we do not only do what an it one of the msp does so we uh, it always said we don't be on people's legs that's not what we do uh we're we're also a forensic company we do a lot of digital forensics in partnership with uh legal firms so we do a lot of expert witnessing um uh, the insurance companies do pay us to come in and do the forensic analysis post for each, um, generate, determine how much milk has been spilled. And oftentimes, you know, the depositions do affidavits or expert witnessing. Uh, but we really are a full service cybersecurity firm. Uh, we do cover just about it. We don't sell cyber insurance, right? But we do focus on that a lot. Um, and, and what's the messiest milk spill you've ever encountered? Man. Um, we we did we, work we we worked at Katie's. Uh, do we talk about the crazy ex girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we we did work a case where um, it moves literally like something out of a movie. Uh, just one of the more complex cases. Uh, Secret Service FBI was involved. Uh, they were stopped. Um, it was just every area you could think. I, I'm not sure that even their cell providers. Uh, I'll call out ATP was just shook their head and said, we've never seen anything like this. Um, every possible foothold, I think in the book, um, from a private, you know, 
personal identity theft perspective. Um, so that, that I guess on the private sector is, is one that's, uh, that stands out. And I think from, you know, larger, uh, we dealt with, you know, a huge ransomware case, um, with hospital and, uh, negotiating with, um, I don't even want to say ethical hacking group. That's what the FBI says, right? I don't, I don't hate using that phrase, but, but negotiating with the, the, the actors, um, to try to get a, a reasonable ransom, uh, payment because they definitely had them as well as backups destroyed. Uh, wow. That, that's pretty messy. Um, it's messy fast. So I think those are two that, that stand out in my mind. Okay. Um, let's, let's pop over to, uh, Zach, Zach, what, uh, what do you do and why should MSPs call you? And can you expand on the crazy ex-girlfriend? <laughs> um, I actually work very closely with, with Brent, um, on a lot of joint client operations. Uh, my company sort of specializes in security operations. If you remember that mind map, the, the orange, the yellow section, um, that mentioned a lot of things about security operations and SIM and log aggregation and endpoint detection and response. That's kind of our specialty. And we work with, with control alt protect, protect that specializes in risk analysis, risk mitigation, program development. Um, and we're the component that layers in security operations and that's kind of what we do. Um, we're the, the technical arm of, of risk management. And as far as the crazy ex-girlfriend, that is a long drawn out story and involving, uh, a crazy ex, uh, embezzled funds, a, possibly a stripper and SIM swapping. SIM, SIM card for a cell phone. Yes. Okay. And, you know, SMS interception and all kinds of crazy stuff. It was wild. That, that sounds, sounds like right up my alley for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, oh, it was, it was crazy. It was horrifying. It's like we're under NDA, so like we can't get too deep into it. Uh, but it was, it was nuts. Like, like Brent said, uh, the FBI and secret service were like, what the hell, man? All right. Let's, let's hop over to Eric. Uh, what do you do, sir? And why should MSPs call you? I'm the guy when you want somebody to give it to you straight on what the hell the problem is. So that's really neat. So, <laughs> but it sounds like you're so much of a straight shooter that I think you'll just tell every MSP. Yeah. I think actually you're the problem here. I will. You know, I am the guy that I won't sugarcoat it. Right. I just won't, you know, so we may, we, there are times that I will sugarcoat things when I am trying to protect, I guess, some layers of integrity. So we recently had uh, a case come in front of us where the MSP, well, I won't even call it, the technologist was doing a medical facility um, and they were literally changing RDP ports and thinking that was, 
that was it, you know, that, that they were secure. And I'm like, no, no, that, and literally your password being Logitech 21. No, no. So, I mean, seriously, what, what we do, we are an incident response company. So if you have been compromised or you think you've been compromised, reach out to us. If you want to know, you know if you want to have what's called a true penetration test, not just a Nessa scan to say, oh, well, here's some potential vulnerabilities that may be there. I mean, there's plenty of tools that are out there that will do, you know, an map scan, a Nessa scan or something like that. I mean, if you follow, you know, any of the things I do on LinkedIn or whatever, sometimes I, I get a little harsh about subdomain takeovers and, you know, taking over, you know, Steve's podcast, website, things of that nature, just you know, when I get really, really bored and start screwing around with stuff, um, you know, it, it's in the interest of fun and, you know, I don't ever do it to be malicious, but it's, that's kind of what we do. And if you're just oh, worried about cybersecurity, you know, we, I've mentioned it several times here where, you know, getting with a company that will help put the landscape out there for you is like, where are the holes in your business? And let me help broker a communication. If it's not in our wheelhouse, let's broker a conversation with a company that will do X, Y, or Z. Then let me help broker that conversation. I mean, disclose, I don't get referral fees from many of these folks. Most of the cybersecurity firms don't do referral fees because it is a conflict of interest most of the time. Um, so, um, yeah, so like I said, pen test. Post breach remediation consulting. And if you're just worried about your cybersecurity, go to our website, schedule a call. I'm like, literally, my website's so easy. It's like, hi, how are you? Here's my calendar. Let's book an appointment. Let's talk. All right, Chevy, you are an MSP. So uh, should MSPs call you? Sure. If you think I have something of value to offer you, give me a call. Email me. Okay. And, and do you think you have something of, offer, of value to offer people? I think you know me well enough to know I would say yes. Okay. Um, anything else you want to tell people about your company? No, we're just a managed services provider that focuses on security. That's pretty much it. All I right. would say, I would say, Shiva, just that your, your mindset in general, um, your approach is refreshing for me uh, comparatively to a lot of the MSPs that I interact with and we encounter. Um, so I think that just from a perspective and a peer um, sounding board, I think you offer a lot of value for MSPs that are watching this. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. I will actually have to agree. Um, Sheva, you're not that bad. If you can deal with the cursing, I guess. Yeah. So uh, John had to get moving because he had... Uh, you know, other things to do in the day. Crazy, right? And then uh, Peter also had to get moving. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was like the most important things you guys were going to do. Shiva, what's up? This is your first like three-hour webinar that I actually enjoy, but maybe it's because I'm on it. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> so far, we're only at two and a half. I mean, we can keep going if you guys no, want. I got shit to do, man. I yeah. do too. And I, yeah. So, um, Peter had to get going, so he couldn't really, you know, speak on this. So I'll do it for him. Uh, 
check out dnsfilter.com. Uh, and you can also check out the podcast episode I did with them just in the last few weeks. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash rocket MSP and you'll see it in the list of recently done videos. Um, I've been putting the email addresses up, uh, I'm sorry, not email addresses, website addresses up, uh, as people went. So hopefully, uh, if you guys are interested in going to any of those websites, you will be able to do that. Uh, so with that said, does anyone else have anything else they would like to share? Eric, I'm sure you have something to share about my beard. Yeah, that you still look like a yard gnome? Yeah. If you're going to allow me to pick on you, I think you would still look like a yard gnome. Yeah, I know. So, um, I have to keep growing it for another couple of weeks. By law. By what? Spousal law? No. No, uh, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm waiting for the pastor from our church to get back from sabbatical. And then when he does... I'm going to demand that at next year's big event that we do, uh, that we have it be Harry Potter themed and I want to be Hagrid. Now, see, this is the part where I beat on you because most of your webinars go into off the wall fucking topics about cooking and what you had for dinner the last three days. And we're starting to get into that area. <laughs> I would say my closing piece for this is for any MSP or any practitioner out there, start learning about risk mm -hmm. and let it flow from there. Check out those two books that John suggested. I, I tossed them in the chat. There's now two, two affiliate links in the Double chat. Douche. Double douche. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that, Shima. Um, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming out here with me today, guys. Uh, I really appreciate Shiva, Eric, Zach, Brent, John, and Peter. Um, you guys seriously could not have done this without you. And for those of you that are still watching after two hours, 30 minutes, and 19 seconds, thank what's, you too. What's wrong with you? Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.